Theory, methodology, ideology, it lies full of intriguing concepts, but in the end, success comes down to the risk and reward of taking action. Do you simply default to a version of yourself that stays in your comfort zone? Be honest. Does your default state allow you to take new actions, create new habits, and achieve something different? This kind of thinking prevents you from challenging yourself to embrace the discomfort of trying something different and of evolving into your next best version. In this episode, I speak with commercial real estate professional and longtime Lapa 180 client Jeff Verton to explore how he challenged himself to evolve. He shares his experiences in developing a purposeful mindset that's based on detachment and objectivity, shifting from a competency to curiosity priority in his conversations and trusting and letting go of a result. He did all of this while watching his top line numbers and business grow. So let's jump in. Jeff, excited to have you on the call. Um, I'm glad we can make this time work together. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. Awesome. I think for our listeners, give you a little background with Jeff. Um, Jeff's been working with us for, is it five maybe years or something like that off and on? And now? Yeah, at least five years now. Yeah. Jeff's expertise is in real estate. He lives in Los Angeles. It's commercial real estate. And his particular vertical expertise happens to be 3PL. Um, and recently Jeff and I were talking through, if you remember Jeff, a couple of your deals and some of the good things that you got going on and, and, and how you were prepping and all that. And I just, we, I thought to myself, this would be a great episode on learning how to control what we can control, right? There's only three things in this world that we can control, which is mindset that drives our attitude the actions that we take or don't take, right? And the effort that we have or the effort that we invest. That's it. We can't control anything else. And as you and I were talking through some of your um, your deals, it just it occurred to me that's exactly what you're doing. You're putting all of your energy and effort into the prep and the mindset and the questions. Um, and you're letting go of the that tedious outcome distraction, right? Which is, man, I hope this goes somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you don't mind, it's just a kickstart. Yep. If you think back a couple years ago, how would you typically prep for a big prospect conversation? I think thinking kind of before we really got into working together, um, there was a lot less prep altogether. You know, the, the, always busy. There's always things pulling your attention. And I think even just before we even get to what I would prep, I think just even taking the time and make, you know, understanding how important that was to everything I was doing, um, uh, was not as big a part of my discipline at the time. Um, and I think as I've seen the results and just how I experienced meetings and things with proper prep before and the mindset of kind of being in an elite, like the same way an elite athlete would approach things. So, so first, just just doing the prep consistently and not getting distracted by other things. Uh, so I don't think I always prep the right way. And, and I think the prep was when I would prep, it was usually, 
you know, I think I've always represented companies. I've always helped executives and try to help the real estate solutions support their business. And I've tried to always make it a business solution for them. But I think it was more about how am I going to tell them about how this is going to solve their business problem or how am I going to attack that pain point or how am I a lot of classic kind of sales techniques. What am I going to latch on to that is a problem and tell them how I'll, how I'll solve it and where, you know, how do we get to this this point in the conversation, right? I think that was, that's what most people tend to do. That's what, when I work with people, some people in other markets or other situations, you kind of see that consistently in sales. And I was probably doing a lot more of that um, before I kind of transitioned to the way I think about it now. So when you think about it now, I appreciate you sharing all that. Where do you start, right? So let's pretend you get an appointment set with a um, fairly well-recognized company in your space where you know they have a lot of real estate needs. And so you know there's probably a strong chance they could use your expertise. Where do you start your prep when you start like thinking about that appointment, that conversation? There's a lot of places your mind can go. There's a lot of angles, you know, you know, working with a client that has a hundred properties around the country. There's a lot of different things that need to go on, can go on a lot of services, you know, CBRE offers. I think one of the big words I come through is, is curiosity in the, in the beginning, especially in, in, a, in an early phase of the first few meetings with a company like that. I think that I understand having done this, like things you might not day one, day two, day three, day 10, you, you might not get to the answer. You might not get to a right. And, and being okay with that and slowing it down is, is so important for myself in a meeting where I don't have any other goal coming into an, this meeting than curiosity, right? And I'm going to ask a lot of really good questions because I'm here to learn. Because I, based on some things I've learned already, things that they've shared, based on our experience with similar situations, there's a good reason to believe some of, some of what we can do may have a meaningful impact on your business. But I don't know, right? I don't know that, and 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 it's it's genuine to say that, right? It's and uh, there's a lot of so it's a lot of questions. I think the beginning of the prep is was your question is is curiosity and preparing. What kind of questions should I be asking? You know, what do I? You know, what kind of questions can I ask them that will help them think about this differently, right? Not questions that are just trying to get to where I need to go, but um, I don't have anywhere to go. So I think it's being really thoughtful on curiosity on, on questions. And, and I think something I've really learned, which is, is good questions are better than any answer you can offer somebody, right? Especially my business where I, I support a strategic level over a long period of time. They're hiring you because you're an advisor, because you're, you're bringing something different to a very smart executive, right? Who has answers. And so, the more you can be thoughtful around questions and how you're helping them think through things is more valuable than one or two solutions is what I found. Really interesting point. Could you share a little bit about that transition that you went through, right? Because being at CBRE, having the expertise that you have, which you've earned, you know that that initial tendency is to go in and want to share expertise and competency. And in many ways, right, we, we've all been taught that. 
But you had to make this transition, and I don't know if you can speak to it, where you had to say, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. Like that first few times you said to yourself, I am not leading with my competency. I am not leading with my expertise. I am not leading with this unbelievable team of resources that I have. I'm going to go in and stay curious, ask questions and learn. Do you, do you remember that transition at all? What that was like and making that, that kind of move? It's, it's hard, right? It's so different from what, and you know, something we talk about is in sales, there's a lot of scarcity out there and it's really hard to take things slow and not try and get to your thing. Right. Um, I think one thing that helped me in the transition a lot was, was really focusing on an up, what we call an upfront agreement. I think like thinking about what's the, in three, two to three sentences, why are we having this conversation and what's the purpose and what are we, what are we looking, what kind of clarity are we looking to get to? And so by a really thoughtful, hey, we're here to like ask good questions to better understand X, Y, Z about your business to perhaps share some relevant, uh, you know, services, resources, ideas that may, may make, you know, that have helped similar companies and explore if we should talk more about that and figure out if there's potential impact. And so by creating this like two, three sentence, like why are we having this conversation from this clarity curiosity like i'm not here to sell i'm not i'm here to understand and explore with you that helped me i think a lot like get try and transition where like i set the conversation that way that's how i've been thinking about the prep that's how i talk to them i think sure in the as it took you know you sort of you ask some questions and then at the beginning of this transition, you, you kind of go, okay, ask a few questions and you, you start jump into some sharing, right? And, and that the sharing maybe takes a little longer or you kind of, but I think that like starting point, and I think of it as like my through line. And this is what I teach my team now is like, what's your, what's your through line on this call? And like, you're, you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to prep every question or every way it goes. But if you're, if you have this, like, why am I here? What did we agree upon we're talking about today? Get them to agree. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. I, I'm good with that upfront agreement. You can kind of just have a conversation authentically, right? And and try it. So it, it's the transition was your question. I, I think that was a key thing for me to help. Like that upfront agreement help was help in developing like a discipline around it. And then, and then you got to do reps, right? And then you got to like, practice and then after each call you go gosh i i probably started talking about ourselves too soon and you know we could talk about how to properly share stuff which we've spent a lot of time talking about too but um yeah it's uh it's totally different and you know i think when you start doing it and it's a little funky in the beginning what you start to see is like it starts to make you want to do it more because you start to get different reactions from the other side who's so used to I'm here to tell you how awesome we are. And I'm here to tell you why you need to buy my service. And no one likes to be spoken to that way. And the more you kind of get responses like, oh, this is kind of a partnership conversation. I get it. Oh, you're not looking, I don't owe you anything. You start to feel that and that allows you to start to kind of buy into it even more. But um, so I think like little, little disciplines, little consistent disciplines with like a through line, I'd say really helped me transition. Do you remember anything in particular, like a certain reaction that you got 
um, where you're like, okay, maybe we're on to something here. Um, cause I, I, I know there was one time I, I did an upfront agreement and the person went from leaning forward over the table, kind of in my face, like, why are you here? Why do you think you can help us? And then I gave the upfront agreement and I just saw them kind of just sit back, take their hands down and, and relax once they knew they weren't on the hook for anything. Um, but I also know, right, giving that upfront agreement and giving that out those first few times, it's scary because you're like, wait a minute, I just worked my ass off for this appointment. Now I'm going to tell this person and they're not on the hook for anything. And if we decide not to talk, that's completely okay. <laughs> it's it's totally funky. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I think like what starts to like happen is we've all been in meetings where you, you get a good reaction and you, they, they respond to your service or what you said. And it's like, cool, let's do more. Let's sure. And you feel good coming out of it. They're like, they just kind of respond like, yeah, that, that could be good. Sure. And you didn't like, it's sort of, you leave a meeting feeling like, okay, great. And then it kind of doesn't go anywhere or you didn't really like you go home and you have more work to do. And I think that, like there's so much about like what you just like this is not you're buying for me this is a objective conversation between and it's just I, like it is amazing the difference in those conversations like and you can think about as a, i don't know when you're a teenager and your parents tell you to do something you're like eh, right even if it's the right thing but if you kind of come to that conclusion on your own you're convicted and you so like i think it's not sales for me anymore, right? Like it's not, it's thinking about like, can we objectively agree that this is something that you clearly think will, will help what you're doing and that you own. And you want to get them to a place where they're, they're your biggest advocate on why you're moving forward. They're like, absolutely. We should, so, you know, they're sending you stuff. They're working on stuff because they want to go forward. I'll ask any advice that you might have for listeners on betting more on their curiosity at the beginning or betting a little bit more on laying out that upfront agreement to set the tone, any advice you would give them as, you know, cause the, the, there's a struggle period, right? Whether you got two years of experience or 20, the first time you start shifting to more of set the tone, give the out upfront agreement is awkward. The first time you start to tell yourself that, Hey, Let's be more curious here. Then we can decide what we want to share. That's awkward. Any advice that you might give our listeners? I guess I, I would start to think about like really looking at what they're you're doing now and what what conversations are looking like, like and what you're getting back from from these these prospects and these conversations. Um, and I would challenge them to to try and see. Uh, I think. You know, I, I think that there's like the like you're talking to somebody who's very smart on their side. You're talking to somebody who's getting sold all the time. Um, people don't like to be sold. I think that that if that's if you don't agree with that, you're kind of not you're, you're you're seeing your sales roll in a too rosy of a space. And um, if you really want to sell something, like you need to build trust. You need to, and and what I find with customers and with companies is 
the more you ask people, like people want to talk about themselves. People want to feel like it's about them, right? Like you can always ask good questions and socially, right? At, at a networking event, ask people questions about, even it doesn't have to do with your, right? Just because you want to understand their business more. And even, especially when you ask a question totally unrelated even, or what may, may seem unrelated to real estate, it's focused on something else that in my mind will translate to, to the, why that could matter. It's just what it's, that's their world. That's their safe place. That's them seeing like, gosh, they, like he's really trying to build trust and understanding. I mean, I was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago with the company that um, good, comp, good sized company. And they were, they were actually, they said one of their biggest things going into the meeting was you know, they weren't sure that CB, you know, CBRE's fortune 120 company. They're like, we weren't sure if he has, were just too big for us and wouldn't have, right. And, you know, we can talk more about the prep for that meeting, but, we spent the first 20 minutes. I just asked them questions. I was like, we're not, we want to learn. We're here. And, and they said, just that alone helped them think about, wow, like this is a building, like we're long-term trust. Like they are trying to get to understand, like, they're not like, look how we know you guys are good. Obviously you're the size, the scale, the companies you work with. We, we see it, we get it. We know that there's stuff we could probably do with you, but can, is, like it's it's not just the value of a service in a nutshell right and and that totally shifted the everything about the meeting and you're getting these top decision makers to just tell you everything and 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 you you just listen and you're you're writing and you're asking a follow up question and I think I remember that meeting right you you had the CEO and the COO and CFO all in the same room and you had no problems kicking off with your upfront agreement and being curious and seeing what you could learn from them for the first 20 to 30 minutes. I remember that. Yeah. And, and I mean, a funny thing too, is I, you know, in the, I brought five, five other team members from around the country, big, big top guys at, at my company, whatever, for different reasons. And, and I had to tell everyone, right. Like do not share and you do not tell like, right. Like if it appropriately comes up, sure. But like, we're not starting with it's not about us we're not here about us today we are not here it's not about us and i like said that a thousand times on the drive to the meeting i said guys and it was different even for some people you know there that was a little different you know they were you know and at the end of the meeting after an hour and a half and it you know went went really well from there um they, they you know everyone was like i i was concerned you were asking questions for two we were going to run out of time for other things but i think that <laughs> for, was the most important things, part right? they're like yeah and they're like i'm like what else is there to talk about if we're not here to talk about that right and they're like they they were like i was nervous you were going too long and i you know their feedback of that how that mattered the most you know was why uh, i was like that was probably the best most important thing that happened in the meeting right people have been in my industry, 20 plus years, you know, saying things like that to me. And so that's, and it's, it's, um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I think now I've, I've been working, you know, working this mindset for a while and it's becomes more naturally. And it's like, even my, my junior associate who's doing BD all day and he's been in the business six months only, he's trained in the same mindset where we're literally on the phone with a partner in another market helping us. And, and he's been, he's a top guy in that market maybe, but he, we're talking to a shared client and he's just talking, you know, my, my junior six months in the business will be like, why does he 
start why is he t- saying this all about himself why is he talking about this deal he did last six months and like just that mind like you start to see it um so i don't know if i think i've gone off topic on the transition process but um the more you kind of buy into it like the more you just understand why we're humans people want to you know it's about them and that curiosity changes the whole dynamic of, of the conversation the topic transition was fantastic because i mean so many out there like you you're the lead you're the quarterback you're the one taking the risk you're the one putting yourself out there to get the appointments to build those relationships but then you also the one that has to bring in a lot of the key resources with expertise to support right that happens all the time and so this thought process of having to prep your team is so real because you could go in curiosity, listen to learn, let's stay detached, right? Let's be objective. Let's not jump. But then someone on your team, if they're not following your lead, next thing you know, you're in a, you know, what, 30 slide presentation. (laughs) Well, speaking, speaking of which, did you, did you ever have to go through slides to make sure that your the team didn't come in with like 200 slides? <laughs> yeah, we, we prepped it in advance and we, we, we did share right at, at a certain point, 20 minutes into the meeting, right? We, you know, I said, Hey, but you know, based on things we heard before this meeting and prep with you guys and things you just, I think now might be an appropriate time for us to share. Is that, is that okay? And even that question is sort of, you're giving, and they're like, yeah, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Right. But, it's, a, it's such an interesting little dynamic where you're just giving them a more control, right? You're giving them a feeling of that. And then what you're sharing and how you're discussing it, right, is all about things that they've said and all about them. And, and each time you're not like, hey, here's the answer for you. It's right. Again, you want them to, whether it's right or wrong, right? I, I, I don't know if what we have or this or that will, is perfect or how they're going to react or feel that, I think, but I don't know. You share something and you, you have a conversation about it, right? And you start to let, ask them to talk about it, right? And you say, this has helped a couple guys in that situation. What would that feel like for you? You're sharing some intellectual property, but you're also slowing down in the midst of it saying, how does that feel to you? What would your experience potentially be or have you had that type of experience like so you're trying to engage the entire time as you share yeah like what what you know i love the question like what do you what what could that create for you guys if anything what what risks do you have of trying it that way right um and there's you know there's some things where like yeah we kind of do it this way i don't see that as a big priority great no problem right and then not pushing something that's right okay let's talk about this. And then there are things that are like their the eyes let up and they start to compute and process. Again, like I think the questions and getting them engaged, it's, it's a very object. It should be very objective. This conversations, right? It should be very, they should be like, uh-huh. I'm, I, I can, I can think of that in relation to how my day to day is spent and why, and Oh, that versus how I'm, what I'm experiencing now. How do you do that though? Like, right. Cause I've seen you do it. You and I have talked about it. We've talked about your deals and your conversations, but you're there. How do you keep yourself objective? Like as the conversations unfold, right? 
you will hear things and you do that one could label as good, which means that they might have a need for your expertise, but you also, you're hearing things that might be or could be labeled as bad, which means, okay, this be, could become a barrier to doing business with them. How do you stay objective? Like what, what goes through your mind? What are the, what are the things that you tell yourself? So in the heat of the moment, you're staying neutral, you're objective, you're staying open, you're, you're staying curious. Breathe, stay calm. Right? I think that's a mindset thing at the beginning. It's like, right? Like you don't get, ex you know, oh, they said this word, right? Um, I think, um, I think first I go deeper, like, you know, uh, a, a group says, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to expand into new markets and, you know, elevate the customer experience that we have, right? That's a common thing we run into with companies with warehouses all over the country. Okay. Right. So we do that. We do that. I could jump in and say, Oh, let's, let's talk about that. But I start by just let's, let's really, let me, let me really understand what you mean by that. What, what does that feel like to you? What is that? What do you, I think I know what you might mean, but I, so first I want them to start to give me more of like, what does that feel like? What does that do? Why? Right. What is, what does that look like as you do that? What does that create? Like define it better. So I think first is, you know, the word question is common today, but like, that's, I think that's to understand, like you, you sort of hear, we want to grow in new markets and, you know, in real estate, it's like, Ooh, cool. New, new property, new transactions, slow down. Right. Like, so I think that's first breathe, slow down, really understand, have them define it, have them tell you, well, how are you going to get there? Right. I think you want them to paint that. What does that do? What do you come? If you accomplish that, what do you gain? What's the domino effect of that? So there's a lot of questions, I think, first that when you hear, and then you can start to say, well, hey, and then you, you can share something. Then you can share, well, here's a different idea that White did that had this impact for these guys. Can you, what, right? And, they, and say, how could that, what would, what would that accomplish with you guys? You know, if we, 12 months, and you know, I love a future narrative too, of defining, hey, like, if we, if we did this for 12 months, looking backwards, like, what are you hoping to see with this customer experience? What do you think, you know? So I, it's, it's sharing, it's allowing them space to provide any feedback on that and, and own by having them go into the definition of what it feels and looks and sounds like to elevate and grow the customer experience and how they're planning to do it. They can, they can assign something to it. Right. And you can, and sometimes you'll get like, oh, like a short, quick answer. And that's not, a, that's not an engagement. And so you can ask, go deeper on it from there. But, you know, again, I think like earlier in, in you know, we're talking about early meetings too, right? Like I don't, I don't typically have expectations in these meetings where I'm still on understanding to, to win something, right? I think that for anything meaningful, it's going to take some time anyway. So. I like what you said. Um, you said it very uniquely. You want to allow them space, right? Allow them space in the conversation, right? Allow them space to think, allow them space to talk, right? 
at some point though, and it, it might've just been over time and it just grew, but you had to learn to trust that, right? Because see, a lot of experts, and you made this point clear is a good point. When they hear something that they wanted to hear, they will jump in with their competency because that's all they know. And they think that's the next step because there's a pain, there's a problem. Oh, my competency can solve it. And so they go. You at some point though, Jeff, had to back off that and say, you know, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to hold and I'm going to ask more questions. Was that just natural or do you remember like going through this? Oh my God, I got to learn to trust this because I normally do it this way. And now I'm going to do it this way. Yeah, t it totally took time. I mean, I, like I think I said, at the beginning is maybe you commit to that upfront agreement and you have your first few questions prepped and then they answer and you share and you start to, and then you debrief that meeting and you're like, okay, maybe how could I, so it, it absolutely, it's a, it's a, it's a rhythm, especially cause you can't, again, you can't prep, you can't like script out of any, any good meeting. Right. And so it's just got to come with the reps. It's just got to come with, seeing it in action and getting more, more comfortable. And, um, and you know, it's like, it's, you just, you start to see the re the reactions that you're getting, you know, you just, you just, you start to see huge differences in what competitors of yours are doing. You st and I found that it's, it just kind of snowballed, right? You just start to, you get a little better, you stretch it out a little longer, you know, the concept is more natural. So you're able to authentically just have a conversation and be a peer. It's not a hundred percent of the time, right? Like it's not always, it's like anything. Um, but I, it's like anything, it's a, it's a, it's hard. It's a hard thing to learn, but it's, 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 it, it just kind of snowballs and, and it picks up speed as you see it and you see the responses and you learn to trust it. Right. Yeah, trust it. And, and it's just, it's just, it, I cringe when I hear people do things, the, uh, you know, the, I, I'm the best look at our serve. I cringe. And it's like, no, who wants to hear that? I get sold that way by all kinds of stuff all day long, you know, you know, Hey, you, it's like, I don't, I'm, everyone's busy. Everyone's like, I don't, you don't know me. You know, it's like bothers me. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, I, it's, like anything you gotta it's reps and snowballing and and being deliberate and ending every meeting with a debrief where you're what did i do well what could i have done better and it becomes more natural that was jeff for i hope his experiences and stories empower you to rethink how you approach your conversations and relationships with your clients and prospects we'll continue my conversation with jeff in a new episode next week where we'll explore mindset attributes. To hear more, follow Breaking Sales on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for tuning in.